Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This weekend in our churches here, And millions of people around the world, people are singing, they're taking notes, they're giving, they're serving, but they've never taken Jesus as Lord. I'll add you to my list. When I get a chance, I'll drop by church. I might even open the Bible this week for you, God. Praise God, you saved me. I'm sure glad I know you. And he says, "Um, you can't call me Lord and live by your plan. You see, these people have been deceived, and it's not just about earth. They've been deceived about their eternal destiny. Sometimes it's easy to trick yourself into thinking you have a good relationship with God when in actuality you're far away. Many times we believe that activities are an adequate substitution for a relationship. Jesus warned in Matthew that many will tell him all of the things they did on his behalf. Pastor Mark referencing this passage reminds us that Jesus is looking for a relationship with us. Nothing less will be good enough. While working in and for the church is good, these activities must flow out of a solid association with Jesus. He's not our buddy. He is our Lord and Savior. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 3 of his message, The Name of Jesus. Confess and bow. You get it? Jesus is God. There is no name higher than Yahweh God, and Jesus has that name. In fact, Jesus is indeed God. Now, that was an amazingly difficult revelation for Paul. Because Jews, even to this day, Jews that are believers in God, and most Jews don't even believe in God, but Jews that do believe in God, they believe in one God. They don't believe in the Trinity. That was who Paul was. Now turn with me, keep your finger there, we'll be right back. Turn with me to Acts chapter 9, quickly. Acts chapter 9. Paul was a, believed in monotheism. One God. Didn't, didn't believe in Jesus, certainly didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And uh, as a Jew, he hated Christians. He hated Jesus. He didn't even believe Je- Jesus was a total farce. He's a man, they crucified him, praise God, he's dead. And remember at Stephen's death, he held his coat. Kill the guy. He's a, he's a false prophet. And then one day on the way to Damascus, Paul was riding with his entourage and a light shone from heaven. Knocked him off his animal. And a voice began to back, talk to Paul, who was named Saul at the time. Look at verse, chapter 9, verse 5. And notice the word, Lord. Saul says, who are you, Lord? Capital letters, curios. Because why is he already kind of getting this feeling? Because who is he talking to? Someone from heaven. Isn't that somebody next door? 
than somebody from heaven. He just got knocked off his horse. He's blinded. Who are you, Lord? And look at the response. You got the name right. I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. Now, that was a revelation that Paul couldn't ever have imagined. He discovers that God is God the Father, God the Son, and later he'll discover God the Holy Spirit. In other words, God did have a son, and Jesus was the Messiah that was to come, and he missed it. How quickly can he change his mindset? Look at verse 6. I'll read it in the New King James. So he, trembling and astonished, no kidding, notice what he says. What's the word? Lord, what do you want me to do? You see, Saul now got it. Jesus was God. He is Curios. He's the owner. He's the owner of Paul. He's the one that has a name above all names. And he all of a sudden gets his revelation that this name Jesus, which was filled with all kinds of Old Testament meetings, Joshua, meaning Savior, he finally gets it. And the rest of his life, Paul begins talking about the names of Jesus, including where we are right here in Philippians. But Paul would eventually have to go back to the book of Matthew. And I want you to see, I want you to write this down today. It was not only that Jesus' name is Curios, Lord, owner, but Jesus had another name. Before Jesus was born, there was a definition of Jesus. His name really means... The Lord saves, or it means off of the Joshua, the Old Testament, Jehovah's salvation, the Lord saves. Where did that come from? Look at Matthew one twenty one. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Well, what did that name mean? Because he will save his people from their sins. Now, I'm going to read something to you in a moment. Let me have all your attention. Kind of clear your thought for a moment. Now, turn to your neighbor right now and say, this next key is very important. Go ahead, just turn to your neighbor and tell him. This next key is very important. Now, many people today want Jesus as their Savior, but they don't want Jesus as their Lord. I want you to listen to Adrian Rogers. Have you ever thought that salvation was like a cafeteria where you can pick and choose the aspects of Jesus who you want? I'll have a little saviorhood, please. But no thank you on the lordship. In other words, I want to get saved. I want to go to heaven. But I'm not turning my life over to this guy. Not a chance. Just a little saviorhood, please. He goes on. If Jesus is not your Lord... Jesus is not your Savior. What's the difference? Well, suppose I perform a wedding ceremony. And I say to the young man standing at the altar, Would you take Mary to be your lawful wedded wife? And he responds, Yes, I'll take Mary as my housekeeper. (laughs) By the way, you think there's trouble coming in this marriage. You think there's trouble coming? You think there's trouble coming? Yeah, right. And then he, and he, and he turns to Mary and he says, will you take John to be your lawful wedded husband? 
And she says, absolutely. I'll take him as my provider. There's more trouble coming. If I was counseling that couple, they're not getting married. Because it doesn't work that way. Listen to Adrian. Friends, we can't pick and choose what we want from Jesus. We must take Jesus as Lord over all our life. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. You're close by, about four books back. Matthew chapter 7. You say, Pastor Mark, why did you say, turn to your neighbor and say, this is like very important? Here's why. Literally today, there are millions of people who sit in our churches who call themselves Christians, but they're not. They practice religious activities. They go through the motions of religion. They've gone to an altar, but they're deceiving themselves. So much so that in Matthew chapter 7, if you scoot on down to verse 21, Jesus himself issues this warning. And that's why it's very important. Listen to what he says. And watch for the words, Lord, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, emphasis, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So you just can't say Lord and not come under his ownership. You can't say Lord and do your deal. Verse 22 is a sad verse for pastors. That's why I take time to emphasize it. What's the first word in verse 22? Tell me. What's the first word? Many. So this isn't like there's 1% of people in churches that are confused about this. Jesus says, even in those days, many. Well, what are they confused about? Watch the outcome. Many will say to me in that day, judgment day, notice the words again, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name, name, and in your name, name, drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, words you never want to hear. I never knew you. I didn't didn't have a personal relationship. You can call me whatever you want to call me. I, I never had a personal relationship. You call me Lord? You never submitted to me. I ask you to do this and that and the other and live that. You never did it. And then what does he say? Come on into heaven. It's okay. Look at the words in your Bible. Away from me, you evildoers. So these are people, at best, that took him as Savior, called him Lord, but never submitted. This weekend, in our churches here, And millions of people around the world, people are singing, they're taking notes, they're giving, they're serving, but they've never taken Jesus as Lord. I'll add you to my list. When I get a chance, I'll drop by church. I might even open the Bible this week for you, God. Praise God, you saved me. I'm sure glad I know you. And he says, "Um, you can't call me Lord and live by your plan. You see, these people have been deceived, and it's not just about earth. They've been deceived about their eternal destiny. Now, what is the test? Since it's a very difficult thing, what is the test 
for you to judge yourself right now in this service, whether you really are serving him as Lord and you're really going to go to heaven. What's the test? It's one verse. Write it down. It's 1 John 2.6. Notice what Jesus says through John, of course. Whoever claims to live in him, in other words, whoever claims to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, must walk as Jesus Christ walked. Now, don't be mistaken. Here's what a lot of people, well, how did Jesus walk? I get me a pair of sandals and long thing, and I'll just walk like Jesus walked. No, what walk means lifestyle. And so what that says is, if you claim to call Jesus as your Lord, your owner, your master, then you're going to be living like it. You will not be perfect, but you'll be growing to be more like him in all the aspects of your life. It isn't something you add to your life and when it's convenient, you can... No, he is your life. So ask yourself today, are you, do you have a lifestyle that looks like Jesus' lifestyle? It started with serving people. And of course, all the rest of the things, holiness, trying to please God, make God look good, loving people. Obeying is the key. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So you ask yourself, at the end of our service, it's a great time for you to go, you know, God, I took you as Savior, but I've really been delinquent in this Lord part. I'm going to submit myself to you. I want to follow you. Because see, that's only with the place that you and I can have this assurance that we'll never hear those words that we just read. You don't want to hear those words. Now flip back to verse 11. Why did Jesus do all of this? Humble himself, come to earth, go die on a cross, and go back to heaven. Why did he take the trip? Verse 11 says this. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does that mean? Jesus did it so he could say to the world that God loves mankind. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. See, everything we do is to make God look good. Our world thinks God is mean, is unfair. Why did my sister die? Why did I lose that job? Why did God cause this? God created the world without any of that. We bring that on, and of course, Satan brings it on. God is a good God. He loves to give good gifts, and he solved man's greatest problem by sending Jesus Christ. So I want you to write this down. As we study this passage, it's not just understanding who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. He is Lord. He's curious. He's my owner. He's the boss. He has a name above others. But it's to make my life match it. So it says this, Christ follower, make God look good by serving him 24-7. It's not something we add on to our life. Paul is writing these verses to remind us that we need to have that mindset of serving people and and doing whatever God asks us to do. I'm serving God. And then joy and fulfillment come to my life. And Jesus came to the earth to make God look good. We do that by bringing glory and honor. Because people will walk around and say, why are you a Christian? Why do you go to church? Why do you study the Bible? Why are you raising your kids to know God? Because it's the greatest lifestyle in all the world. I have peace and I have joy. 
Well, how can I have that? Only one way, through God. Well, how do I get to God? Only one way, through Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's not complicated. We have the best of everything because we have God. My favorite passage in the Message Bible, which you can't study, but it's just a paraphrase. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let me read it to you. Listen to this now. How do I make God look good? Listen. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Now, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. You'll be changed from the inside out. You'll be changed from the inside out. That's real change. Now, readily recognize what he wants you to do. And we get that from the Word of God. Quickly respond to it. Don't argue with him. I don't want to do that. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to the level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. And he develops well-formed maturity in you. And what does that well-formed maturity look like? You and I look, act, become, and minister like Jesus Christ. That's our goal. Why do you think we have the name Christian, Christ-like? We're to be that kind of God. Now, there's another name of Jesus, and you know that. It's not only Lord, but it's Savior. The Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's salvation in the name of Jesus. If I take the name of Jesus out, there's no salvation. There's no other way. There's salvation. There's healing in the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. One day, Peter and John were walking to the temple, and Peter said to this lame man, A silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. In what Jesus stands for. He's God. Rise up and walk. And what did the lame man do? He walked for the first time in his life. And there's power in the name of Jesus. One day Paul ran across a demon-possessed young lady. Paul said this. He became so troubled that he turned around and he said to the spirit in her, the demon spirit in her, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the demon left. Now, why did he leave? Paul, go like we see on Christian TV. In the name of Jesus, come out. It isn't the emotion and the foolishness of man. In the name of Jesus, who's the ruler of the world, You're under me, and I command you to come out, and the demon must leave. It's not in the name of Mark Balmer, useless. It's not in the name of Calvary Chapel, useless. It's in the name above all other names. There's salvation, there's healing, there's deliverance. It's a powerful name. It needs to be honored. It needs to be spoken. Jesus says, if we pray in his name, our prayers will be answered. Well, what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? We tack it on at the end? 
No, it means in the character of Jesus. I would never pray for something that Jesus wouldn't want in my life. So when we begin to learn about that, that brings us to a place, I think, in your life and my life, where we come back to that simple statement. I didn't have time. I tried to work it in. I couldn't. If you want to do a little homework this week, just read Acts 3 and 4 and notice all the times you see the name Jesus in those chapters. It's amazing. Watch me. This is very important. The early church was changing their world because of the name of Jesus. And one day, after this man was healed, the Jewish leaders came to Peter and John. Here's what they said to him. You can do whatever you want, but stop preaching in the name of Jesus. It's destroying our city. See, it wasn't stop preaching in your name. It wasn't stop talking about Calvary Chapel. They said they recognized the name of Jesus had power. Stop it. Peter and John replied, sorry. That's the name we minister in. And then Peter made this amazing statement that has never changed. Peter said this. Salvation is found in no one else. It's not found in Jewish religion. It's not found in Islam religion. It's not found in Buddhism. It's not found in dead religious Christianity. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The issue is, have you called upon the name as Savior, Jesus? And then are you now living by his new name in heaven, the name Lord Curios. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, this would be a great time to do it. You see, because the people that are under the earth now, listen, listen, it's too late. There's no chance. There's no change. Oh, one day they will say it, but not willingly. We're here. You're alive. You're on the earth. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you want to go to heaven, if you want your sins forgiven, this would be the day to make sure that's happening. And here's how you do it. As we're standing, you just say to God, watch me, God, I know your son died for me. I ask him to forgive me of my sins and to come and live inside me. And come not only as Savior, but I'll follow him. I'll become like him. Some of you prayed that prayer a long time ago, but you're not walking like Jesus walked. You don't want to ever hear those words, depart from me. So during this time of worship, it'd be a great thing for you, just quietly, nobody else knows. You just say to God, mm, I got the Savior part, but I really don't have the Lord part, the Curios part. You're my owner and I want to serve you. Forgive me. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us of the importance of being sure we have a solid relationship with Jesus. He also taught what living as a Christ follower entails. We learned that being a Christian means that we should behave differently than the unredeemed. Even though we may go through similar experiences, our outlook should be focused on God's sovereignty in our lives. 
there's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes the message, The Name of Jesus, Confess and Bow. We hope that you've been challenged to develop a more intimate relationship with Jesus and to live in such a way that others see God working in your life. We should remember that our primary job while on earth is to model Christian living to others and to make Jesus look good. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.